Bonjour, I'm Brett Dillon and this is The Movie Chronicles. This episode, we pick up some ripe plums from the history of French cinema in the year 1931. We begin with a notion of liberté that would be more familiar to American teenagers of the 1960s. It is a new la liberté, freedom for us. Director and script and editor, René Claire. Director of photography, Georges Perenel. Editor, René Lachanoff. Music, Georges Auric. Actors, Henri Marchand, Raymond Cordy, Rola France, and Paul Olivier. I saw this film without subtitles, so there are some plot points I'm a little vague on. The film opens in a prison. A Laurel and Hardy pair arrange a prison break. The thin one is left behind. The fat one wins a bike race as part of the escape and becomes a wealthy industrialist. He can play the part, but he isn't happy. His friend escapes through an unsuccessful suicide attempt. They meet up and are happy again. They are recognized as badons. Now they have to escape the police, their blackmailers, and the ceremony to celebrate the automation of the building of gramophones. The pair hit the road, leaving chaos in their wake. The film is a musical comedy celebrating the French notion of liberty. The regimentation of the prison is contrasted with the regimentation of the factory. They even have the same power structures. In my subtitleless reading, a life of sponging off others is preferable to work. If everyone had this attitude, there would be no one to sponge off. The design is Art Deco filtered through the kind of monumentalism seen in Fritz Lang's Metropolis, or later in Sergei Eisenstein's Ivan the Terrible Diptych. The theme of the repression of workers through automation is picked up by Charlie Chaplin in modern times. Picked up so hard, in fact, that the production company for Anula Liberté sued him and his company United Artists for plagiarism. This carried on throughout World War II and was finally settled out of court. René Claire remained aloof throughout the proceedings, saying that if Chaplin chose to plagiarise his work, it was a compliment rather than an insult. He and Chaplin became and remained friends. This was the first non-English language film to be nominated for an Oscar. Director René Claire was born on the 11th of November 1898 in Paris. He died in 1981. René became involved in the surrealist and Dadaist movements and arts. Perhaps because of this involvement, he was not happy with the introduction of recorded sound into cinema. He felt this undermined the storytelling techniques developed over the last 30 years. He once told of how he became involved in film. By accident. I had never thought about it before. I was a young reporter on a daily newspaper and had some friends who were making a small amateur picture with a troupe of girls, you see, dancers. One of them thought that this particular film they were making, they needed a young man who liked girls. And I was very much interested, not in pictures, but in girls. I played a little part for a few days and then I was offered a job by a real company. Although the motion picture company was not very rich, it could pay much more than journalism, and so I was almost forced to change in order to make more money. I was not interested at all in being an actor. I, I hated that business. 
being in front of the camera. That was lousy, by the way. I saw it was a very interesting medium. And I thought, if I have to do something better behind the camera than in front of it, then I went back to my former business of writer and they wrote my first scenario, which was Parikito. He famously moved to Hollywood for a time and made this observation. Once, after several months of inactivity, I'd been reading a lot, that is, but hadn't found anything I liked enough to begin working on. The front office at Paramount reminded me that I was being paid. That amused me, so I said, OK, don't pay me until I work. Don't give me another check until I start writing again. The big boss was absolutely scandalized at the thought. No pay? It was a religion, that weekly paycheck on Hollywood. I had blasphemed. I don't think that I could have said anything that would have shocked him more. Director of photography, Georges Paranel, was born in 1897 in Paris, and he died in 1965. He began his career in film in 1913. By the 1920s, he was gaining recognition for his work with director Jean Grimillon. In the early 30s, he was associated with René Clair until he moved to England in 1933 to work with Alexander Corda. Editor René Lanaf was born on April 26, 1902, in Saigon, Vietnam. He died in 2005. René worked as an editor with the poetic realists Marcel Carnet, René Clair, and Geza von Radvani. He began his directing career in 1939. Composer Georges Auric was born on February 15, 1899, in Lodève, France, and he died in 1983. Georges was a child prodigy who studied under Vincent Dindy, who in turn was influenced by Wagner. Georges' interest in the avant-garde brought him into the circle of Jean Cocteau. When Cocteau moved into filmmaking, Auric went along with him to write the music. Over the period of World War II, he began to develop an interest in British music. When the war was over, he took up office to score British films. Through these, he came to the attention of Hollywood and wrote some scores for the Americans. The March of History continues in 1931, which is a bit appropriate when you think about it, because in Europe, it was to the beat of a fascist drum, which brings us to January the 27th. Pierre Laval formed a government in France. It wasn't particularly stable and lasted only for a year. He began his political career as a socialist and drifted so far to the right that during World War II, he acted as vice president in the Vichy government. For this, he was tried for high treason. After a botched suicide attempt, he died from lead poisoning by a firing squad. March the 27th. English author Arnold Bennett died of typhoid in London shortly after returning from a visit to Paris where he drank local water to prove it was safe. Of his early life, he is quoted as saying, My mother is far too clever to understand anything she doesn't like. His work was populist and became unfashionable after his death. A recent reassessment of his work has led to it appearing in TV series. Films based on his novels include The Grand Babylon Hotel, 1916, The Old Wives' Tale, 1921, Piccadilly, 1929, and The Card, 1952. 
May the 13th. Paul Dumier was elected President of France. His main claim to fame was his policies as President of the Chamber of Deputies in Indochina, where he imposed taxes on opium, wine and salt. Those unable to pay had their property confiscated. This mostly fell upon native Vietnamese, Cambodians and Laotians to the profit of French colonists. One other claim he might make is that he is the only French president to die of a gunshot wound. This happened at an assassination that occurred 6th of May 1932. Didn't even last a full year as president of France. June the 3rd. Salvador Dali's The Persistence of Memory is put on display for the first time in Paris at the Galerie Pierre Colle. This is the first appearance of Dali's melting clocks imagery. 14th of June. The overloaded pleasure craft, Son Philibert, carrying trippers home to Nantes from Ile de Noirmoitier, sinks at the mouth of the River Loire and over 450 people drown. November the 8th. French police launched a large-scale raid against Corsican bandits. Build a wall, I say, and keep the buggers out. Happier times are found in the film Le Million. Director and script, René Claire. Director of photography, Georges Perrinel and Georges Poirier. Music, Armand Bernard, Philippe Paraz, Georges Van Paris, and actors Annabella, René Lefebvre, Jean-Louis Alibert, Paul Olivier, and Raymond Cordy. In the early years of sound, America turned to the musical as a way of using this invention. Unfortunately, due to the constrictions of the technology, it was used in a very stage-bound fashion. Even the pseudo-surreal experiments of Busby Berkeley were really attempts to take an advantage from a bad situation. In France, there was René Claire, less stage and less hide-bound. Le Million is a musical. Its purpose is to push at the boundaries of sound in film. Characters talk or sing. They even seem to talk when the audience hear nothing or the sound is unrelated to the action. The chase for the coat, for instance, is orchestrated to the sound of a rugby match. The plot concerns a poor artist and his friend. Their way out of impecuniary is a lottery ticket. As an historical aside, it was Giacomo Casanova, yes, THE Casanova, who worked out how to make gambling a financial success for the French government. The artist wants an arrangement whereby they go 50-50 with whichever of them has the winning ticket. The friend declines this arrangement until he learns he is not the one with the winner. He is disgusted that the artist no longer wants to go 50-50 with them. The hypocrisy of the artist! Bah! The artist, however, doesn't have the ticket. That was in his jacket, which he left with his girlfriend. She thinking he is having an affair, gave it to a scamp wanted by the police. He sells it to an opera star who wants it as part of his costume in the theatre. That night, everyone ends up at the opera with their own reasons for getting their hands on that coat. The Marx Brothers watched this film closely, no doubt, to get the sense of comic chaos that can be let loose in a theatre.
Actor Annabella, born Suzanne Georgette Charpentier on July the 14th, 1909 in Varennes, saint hilaire France, she died in 1996. Her stage name was taken from the Edgar Allan Poe poem, Annabelle Lee. At age 16, Annabella was chosen by Abel Gantz to appear in his production of Napoleon, 1927. She moved to Hollywood in 1938 and married Tyrone Power. She returned to France in 1948. Actor René Lefebvre was born on March the 7th, 1898 in Nice, France, and he died in 1991. René made his film debut in 1925, with Le Million being his first major role. He was never able to break into the international cinema, but he kept making regular appearances in French films until 1977. Births On January the 14th, Caterina Valente, the French singer and actress, February the 26th, Jacques Roussel, the animator, died 2004. 3rd of June, Jean Bouise, French actor, died 1989. June the 5th, Jacques Demy, the film director, who died in 1990. June the 24th, Gaston Floss, the French politician, July the 1st, Leslie Caron, the French actress. July the 3rd, Claude-Henri Chouard, the French surgeon. July the 4th, Sebastien Japriso, the author, screenwriter and film director, who died in 2003. October the 25th, Annie Girardot, the actress, died 2011. November the 28th, Tommy Ungara, the French book illustrator and writer. December the 28th, Guy Dubois, the Marxist theorist, writer and filmmaker, who died in 1994. Paris, director and script, Jean Vigo, actor, Jean Paris. Paris was a French Olympic swimming star. Ego's brief was to create a short showing the various Olympic swimming strokes using Paris as his model. Vigo did this in a typically imaginative way. He saw the brief as a challenge, not just to show what was happening above the water, but what was happening below as well. There are some amazing underwater shots achieved by a variety of means. In addition, the editing techniques he uses seems to have been influenced by the surrealist movement. For instance, Therese dives out of the pool and transforms into a man with top hat and tails. This is a film instructive in both swimming and filming techniques. Actor Jean Therese was born July the 6th, 1909, in Versailles, France, and he died in 1977. Jean was a swimming champion who competed in the 1928, 1932 and 1936 Olympics. He set seven world records. In 1984, he was inducted into the International Swimming Hall of Fame. Deaths. On January the 3rd, Joseph Joffre, the French World War I general born 1852. 
September the 12th, Joseph Labrie, French aviator and naval officer, born 1899. 1927, he attempted to fly around the world. This flight included the first flight across the southern section of the Atlantic Ocean. Sadly, he and his team crossed the Pacific Ocean in a ship. Despite this, he was awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross by the Congress of the United States of America in 1928. He died attempting to fly non-stop from Paris to Tokyo. He was awarded a state funeral at Notre Dame Cathedral and was honoured by a ban preventing French pilots attempting distance records outside the borders of metropolitan France. This ban lasted until 1933. December 2nd, Vincent Dindy, the French composer born 1851. Next episode, we skip to 1951, where things become all mysterious and strange. If French films of the 1930s are your thing, keep an eye out for the ebook Movie Chronicles 1930, available at any good e-store near you. If you like this podcast, become a Patreon supporter to watch me wilt under the undeserved praise. Until then my Nemo Toads, I give you an island farewell.